You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you once again from beautiful Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out to listen to today's episode of the podcast. The question at hand is, what is speaking in tongues? No doubt a an important question to answer because there's a lot of confusion and controversy around the topic. Before we dive in, just want to invite everyone who's been a regular listener of the podcast to do me a huge favor. If you've been listening to, to this for any length of time and have gotten any uh, blessings out of this, you feel like this has been helpful, insightful, to me a huge, huge favor. Can you please leave a review? Whatever podcast app you're using, um, you can go over and leave a review or rating, particularly if you're listening to this um, on an Apple device like an iPhone or iPad and you're using the podcast app, can you head over to uh, the iTunes store, search for the podcast, and leave a five-star review. Tell the world you love the podcast. Uh, those reviews are a huge, huge help. They're one, they're they're inspirational to me and encouraging. And then secondly, they help push us up the search rankings so that when people search certain terms, they're more likely to find the podcast. So if you could do that for me, that would be a huge, huge help. Thanks in advance. All right, let's dive into the topic at hand. What is speaking in tongues? Uh, before I do that, I got to just want to remind you, uh, I'm going to be using a variety of terms throughout the course of this episode, um, particularly certain theological positions like charismatic, cessationist, continualist. Um, I'm not going to define them herein. If you if you don't know what those terms are, not familiar with those terms, you can go to our previous episode, episode 89, and I define those and unpack those. Uh, I'm going to be using them here. So again, if you're not familiar, go back and check that out. So, what is speaking in tongues? Basically, speaking in tongues is this. It is the supernatural ability to speak a language that you otherwise could not speak. You could talk in a language that you never learned. You just know it supernaturally. Awesome, right? Uh, This is a spiritual gift. It is mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 1 Corinthians 14. In addition to that, it is mentioned multiple times throughout the book of Acts. The, The first place where it's mentioned in a kind of a grand fashion is Acts chapter 2. Um, if you're not familiar, I highly encourage you to go back and uh, read that. Basically, this is uh, several days after Jesus ascends to heaven. All the early Christians are hanging out in this room called the Upper Room. And then on the day of Pentecost, that was a Jewish holiday, um, these tongues of fire come down and they rest on people's heads and they are all baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's this incredible moment where the Holy Spirit comes and infuses himself into the lives of, of, of all of the Christians there. And all of the people begin to speak in tongues and prophesy. Now, it's important to note that in the book of Acts, whenever tongues is being mentioned, it's always describing how the early church experienced tongues in that moment. Again, it's descriptive, not necessarily prescriptive. That's important to note. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is being much more descri- or excuse me, much more prescriptive. He's prescribing uh, uh, things we ought, to, we ought to understand about speaking in tongues, where in the book of Acts, Luke is more describing how it happened, not necessarily commanding us or, or giving us expectation as to how we ought to experience speaking in tongues. Understanding when the Bible is being descriptive versus prescriptive uh, is important because it does come into play as to how we interpret those scriptures. Now, as we examine those passages of scripture, it does seem to me 
that there are different forms of speaking in tongues or different ways in which the gift is used. Some of my cessationist brethren, uh, some of my brothers in the Lord that are cessationists, they're the ones that believe that the gift of speaking in tongues has ceased. Um, I think some of them will say, well, there's only one way or one form of speaking in tongues, and that has ended, that ended at the end of the first century. And I'm not sure that I agree with that. I think some of my brethren who are cessationists, whom I love and respect, um, are so against speaking in tongues that I think sometimes it may cause them to misunderstand some some passages. Sometimes our own biases are so strong, it causes us to misunderstand certain things in the Bible. And that's where I would challenge some of my brethren. In the same way where in previous episodes, I've challenged uh, some, of my, some of my charismatic and Pentecostal brethren. In the same way, I would challenge some of my cessationist brethren. Uh, because what I see in Scripture is is a variety of different forms of speaking in tongues. Now, the the typical form that cessationists will say was the form that would that made most sense um, was that people could speak in a language not of their own for the purposes of preaching the gospel. Example: Let's say I showed up in northern India, and there was a very rare um, a very rare dialect of Bengali Bengali spoken in whatever region I was in. And let's say I don't speak that dialect of Bengali. And so I automatically show up and all of a sudden I supernaturally start speaking in Bengali. Like I'm, I'm speaking in English, but somehow God is transforming the words, basically supernaturally translating, translating them from the time they come out of my mouth until the time they they hit the ears of the listener, God supernaturally translates so that when I speak out in English, they hear in their own language. That's basically what cessationists will say is speaking in tongues. And I do think there is some scriptural evidence that that was indeed the form of speaking in tongues that was uh, you know that, that was used in some current some occurrences in the Book of Acts and maybe throughout the first century. And cessationists will say, you see, today, now that we have translators, uh, now that we have technology, we don't need that anymore, so there's no need for that. God has stopped that. And again, I'm not sure that there's any real strong scriptural evidence for that position. Now, I think there are other evidences or other forms of speaking in tongues. Let's examine for a moment the book of Acts, chapter 2. What we see is these Jewish Christians um, that spoke the common tongue, Koine Greek, and many of them also probably to some extent maybe spoke Aramaic or just, or some version of or some portion of Aramaic uh, that that we know to be that to be true, uh, and maybe some others maybe some of them spoke other languages, but there's no we don't necessarily know that for sure. But on the day of Pentecost, there are Jewish people from all over the Roman Empire who had come back to Jerusalem to celebrate uh, the, the 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 holiday, the day of Pentecost, and many of them were from other parts of the Roman Empire, so they spoke other languages. And what's happening is Peter and the other people, the other Christians, are speaking in the languages. So imagine you are a Jewish person from Egypt, and you go back home to Jerusalem to to celebrate the holiday, and you speak the native tongue of whatever whatever tribe you. What if maybe you speak a very uh, a rare form, a rare dialect of the Egyptian language that there's no way that any of the Jews know about, or probably very few of them know about. And you travel back home to Jerusalem, and all of a sudden you look and you see all of these Jewish people that all of a sudden are praying and prophesying in the language that you speak, that that Egyptian dialect. And you're thinking to yourself, how the heck do they know the language? And then one of those Christians, their leader, this guy named Peter, he gets up and he preaches a sermon in Greek, in in the common tongue of that day, and he preaches a he preaches a sermon and he says, listen. The reason why these people, 
know your language is because the Holy Spirit has come upon them. The Holy Spirit has come upon them because they are believers in Jesus. Now, this would get your attention, would it not? Like, put this in a modern context. We speak English here in the United States. Can you imagine if I went to the middle of Mongolia to, like, uh, a, ver- a a tribe in central Mongolia in a very remote part, and they speak a an, a a uh, a mother tongue or native tongue that is that is extremely uh, not known by many people. Um, and then I walk in, and all of a sudden, some guys are speaking in English, and I'm like, "Dude, how did that guy's never left this this tribe? No one here speaks English. How the heck is this guy speaking in English?" And then the chief of the village gets up and says, "This guy is speaking in English because God is with him." You know what? I, I might listen to what that chief has to say, right? Like that's that's the modern context, like understanding of what was happening in the book of Acts in chapter two. So these people were speaking in tongues. Well, tongues was used as a sign to get the attention of the unbeliever so that they would listen to the gospel message. As we study 1 Corinthians 14, the Apostle Paul gives very clear prescriptions. Here's where the Bible is prescriptive. He's giving a very clear prescription as to how churches should use the gift of tongues. And he makes it clear that the gift of tongues is designed for the unbeliever to get their attention so that they will listen to the gospel message. This is why in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul gives very clear prescription that, that speaking in tongues ought to be interpreted when used in the church. As I read 1 Corinthians 14, this is how it's supposed to function. In the church service, someone who has a gift of tongues gets up and they speak in a language that they don't understand and they just talk for several minutes. And then someone else gets up that doesn't speak that language and then can interpret it into, into the language of that everyone in the church knows. Let's put this into modern context. This is how it's supposed to go. Let's say there's a church in New York City and there's a visitor from, let's say, uh, a, a remote African tribe in Northern Africa and he speaks a language that very few people outside of his tribe have ever even heard of. He shows up in New York City as a visitor. He goes into this church. He's in the middle of a church service and all of a sudden someone gets up, some white person who's never been to Africa, stands up and just says, I have a, a message from God. And the white person uh, only speaks English, but they get up and they start basically preaching for for thirty seconds in this African language. They just they have no clue what they just said. They're just they're just talk to them. It sounds like gibberish, right? But they're speaking. And then someone else in the church stands up and says, "I don't speak that language, but I know exactly what they were saying." And then interprets it perfectly into English so that everyone understands. And then someone else gets up in the church and says, "Oh yes." I can interpret it. it I, I can confirm that's exactly what it means and then kind of rephrases the exact same words. If you're the person from Africa sitting in that church service, could you imagine hearing that? Some person getting up, you getting up in the middle of the service speaking your language and then someone else who doesn't speak the language interpreting it perfectly into English. You, you would go up to that person and say, what the heck was that? How did you speak my language? How did you know? And a person would say, oh, I don't speak your language. That was, that was the gift of tongues. That's, that's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us that power to prove to you that He is real. Like, can you imagine if you're that African person? That African person, you would, you would instantly want to listen to what I have to say, right? No matter what that pastor said, or no matter what those Christians claim to believe, you would probably end up believing it that day. Like, that was the purpose of the gift of tongues back in the first century. The Holy Spirit was doing this all throughout the, where the church was spreading, because again, the gospel was going into places. Uh, where it had never been before, where people had never heard of this Christian religion, how do you go into a village or a community or a nation that are predominantly pagan within the Roman Empire and preach the gospel without having some sort of sign? The the gift of tongues, among amongst other miracles, there were many miracles that followed the Christians as they preached the gospel. 
But these miracles and these supernatural things like speaking in tongues, they were used by God to corroborate the fact that the people who were preaching this message were in fact preaching the truth. God used this to, to get the attention of the unbeliever. That was that, that seems, as we look in 1 Corinthians 14, to be the primary use for speaking in tongues. And there are many people who say, listen, once the gospel has spread throughout the world, there's no longer a need for those more ecstatic gifts uh, and miracles. Um, you know, once the, the, the Bible was written, we no longer need these supernatural things. We have the Bible, we can preach the truth, and, and proclaiming the Bible, proclaiming the truth in the word, um, is effective enough to change hearts. We no longer need that. So those gifts has ceased. God no longer functions in that way. That is that is a certain segment of Christianity. Um, again, those are called cessationists, as I covered back in episode eighty nine. However, um, as we as we examine uh, speaking in tongues in the Scripture, I think there are some other uses for it that that seemingly take place. Um, and in our modern context today, most Pentecostals, most Charismatics don't use speaking in tongues in that manner. That's not the primary way Pentecostals and Charismatics use that gift. Now, cessationists would say that, that Charismatic and Pentecostals are wrong in the way they use speaking in tongues. Um, but I'm not so sure. So let's kind of examine. Let's not stop at 1 Corinthians 14. Let's examine some of the things we see in the book of Acts. Because as we read through the book of Acts, again, there are several descriptions as to when speaking in tongues is being used. In some instances, these people were not Christians, and that was the first time the Holy Spirit were coming on them. But in other cases, there are moments in the book of Acts mentioned where they were in a house or in a, in a location where it was all Christians. They were all believers. And the Bible says that, that the Holy Spirit came or they were filled with the Holy Spirit and that, that they spoke in tongues or prophesied. Now, these are people in most cases who were already filled with the Holy Spirit, had already spoken in tongues or prophesied in another instance. But then again, the Holy Spirit comes on them and again, they speak in tongues or they prophesy. Now, if you say that speaking in tongues is only to get the attention of the unbeliever, well, in this case, they were speaking in tongues, and there's clearly no unbelievers in the room. So clearly, speaking in tongues is being used in this case in a different form, right? Speaking in tongues is being used in this case for the edification of the believer. This leads me to believe that there's a different form of speaking in tongues, or that at minimum, speaking in tongues is used in different ways. As we look through 1 Corinthians 14, there does seem to be two different forms of speaking in tongues that Paul seems to distinguish. He talks about uh, someone who speaks in tongues without an interpreter. They only edify themselves. He doesn't seem to say that that is inappropriate or sinful or wrong. He just seems to give the idea that that's more between you and God or maybe you and a small group of Christians. And it doesn't seem to be like there's a need for interpretation in that case. Again, I encourage you to go back and read 1 Corinthians 14 and, and, and study that. But whenever you are using speaking in tongues in a more public scenario, in that case, it ought to be used to get the attention of the unbeliever. And in that case, you definitely ought to have an interpreter. As I examine through 1 Corinthians 14, and as I read some of the descriptions of some of the things that happen in the book of Acts, it leads me to believe that sometimes speaking in tongues is, is to be done in a public setting, as I described a moment ago, so that the unbelievers in the room can, can kind of be shocked and, and awed by that, and they can get their attention so they can listen to the gospel. But there are other moments where someone maybe privately by themselves or in a small group, they speak in tongues. But it, it, no one understands it, but there's a spiritual edification, a spiritual encouragement, a spiritual building up that takes place. And, the, and in that case, because everyone's believers already, maybe there's not necessarily a need for an interpretation in that case. Listen, I will be the very first person to admit 
that this is not 100% clear in the scripture. And I think we have some errors on both sides of the aisle, so to speak, people in different camps making absolute claims that I'm not sure are, are accurate. Because as I read through these scriptures, there, there's some there's some wiggle room for there's some gray area. It's fuzzy. The, the the precise understanding of speaking in tongues is not a hundred percent clear. Because again, most of the passages in the Book of Acts are not prescriptive; they're descriptive, and that's where I think. Uh, you know, so just honestly, some of my charismatic brethren go wrong when they build absolute doctrine on descriptive passages. I think that leads to some misunderstanding. Um, and then on, my, on the other side, my cessationist brothers are just in some cases flat out ignoring some of those descriptive passages. And I, I'm not sure that that's appropriate either. So as we examine the scripture, we see speaking in tongues seemingly existing or being used in three different forms or in three different ways. Um, but the issue we that we often run into in our contemporary Christian circles is that the the one primary way speaking in tongues seems to be used in 1 Corinthians seemingly is different than the primary way that speaking in tongues is used by most modern charismatics and modern Pentecostals. The, the Christians that are, that are big proponents of the gift of speaking in tongues, in a lot of cases, or the overwhelming vast majority of time, there is no public use of speaking in tongues, uh, but it's pretty much predominantly the, the speaking in tongues that is more done, supposed to be done in private for the edification of the believer. And there are a lot of times where uh, the modern Pentecostal movement, they, they call this a, a private prayer language or a heavenly prayer language. That you're just going off in this language that you, you don't know. You're just going off and, and it sounds like to many people like gibberish. I don't mean that condescendingly. Please forgive me. I'm just saying that for anyone who doesn't understand what's going on, it's going to just sound like you're just going off in gibberish, you know, just going to town. And so, uh, you know, what, what often happens in our modern charismatic circles is that people are speaking in tongues, sometimes in public, sometimes in a public setting without interpretation. Sometimes it's, they're saying, this is this is my prayer language, um, so I'm praying for things even though I don't understand it. Um, and, and there seems to be this this heavy use or heavy emphasis on using the, speak, the gift of speaking in tongues in this manner that, that's not clearly described in Scripture and certainly not prescribed at all in Scripture. And so, again, it's, it's very fuzzy. It's very unclear. You have some people saying, man, look, this is awesome. You need to use this gift. And you have some other people saying, oh, I'm not so sure. And, and there's a lot of controversy around it. So, again, that is you know how speaking in tongues is typically used in our modern context. So that's speaking in tongues, the supernatural ability to talk in a language that you did not know, and there seems to be a few different ways in which that that that, uh, that spiritual gift is used. And again, there's lots of controversy as to whether or not speaking in tongues um, even exists today, or if it was something just in the early church. There's all different views. So where do we go from here? If you're someone who wants to study more, um, the first place I would go is to go to God. Say, Holy Spirit, will you give me wisdom to understand th- this gift? Can you give me clarity? And then after going to God, let me, let me point you to uh, two additional resources after you do that that you can check out. One is a book. One is an audio lecture. Uh, the first book I want to mention is a book I've actually recommended in previous episodes. It's a book by one of my favorite authors, a guy by the name of Sam Storms. He wrote a book called Convergence, Spiritual Journeys of a Charismatic Calvinist. He comes from a more cessationist background and kind of discovered some passages of scripture that took a more toward uh, you know some of the things that charismatics believe, but again, it takes an overall cautious or conservative perspective, 
and I think I think overall a more biblical perspective. So I want to highly encourage you to check out Sam Storm's book. Um, also, there's an audio lecture that one of my favorite theologians, a guy by the name of Wayne Grudem, uh, is an audio lecture he did. I want to highly encourage you to check out his lecture. I'm going to have a link to that in the show notes. So again, head over to the website, theologyfortherestofus.com. Look at the show notes for episode 90. There's going to be a link to an audio lecture. It's about an hour long where Wayne Grudem talked quite a bit uh, about uh, speaking in tongues and overall gifts of the Spirit. And I thought he does a fantastic job. So I think that could be really, really helpful for you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I sure hope it's been helpful and insightful for you. If you have a question you'd like to have answered on the podcast, please feel free to shoot me an email. The email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.